What's the impact of COVID-19 on recruitment in contracts and commercial management, both now and for the future? It's a big question facing many of us, and I'm delighted to be joined by Pamela Ho, who is Director of Employment and Alumni Services in the Law School at Arizona State University, by longtime ICCM member Margaret Messelaer, who is the Director of Commercial Contracts at Philips Healthcare, and by her colleague, Mark Woodrum, who is the Head of Campus Recruitment for Philips Healthcare in North America. So welcome to each of you, and uh, this is uh, Tim Cummins from IECCM. And moving straight into our topic, uh, Margaret, how has the pandemic and working from home affected the way you think about finding and hiring talent? Uh, so great question, Tim. Um, we, we've always used IT as part of our recruiting, part of our sourcing. Everyone's on LinkedIn. There's Indeed. There's so many great networking tools out there and available for recruiting, but it's really taking it to another level. So the, we traditionally would do a phone screen and we would conduct, uh, depending on where the person was located, often sometimes a Skype interview, uh, but now it's, it's all virtual. And the biggest challenge is the comfort level and the fit with the team and really understanding and delving into the skill sets of the team. You don't necessarily have, it's a more scripted environment as opposed to a natural environment in an in-person interview. So you need to find ways in the online interview to, to get to that point of the interview and to get to a more um, personal level, which, which is pretty tricky, especially if you're at home and you've got children and you know this, the teddy bear comes flying through the video or whatever. Um, it, it's very challenging. Uh, it's very challenging to ensure you have the fit. Uh, it's also, I think, challenging in candidates need to be able to be flexible to work alone, to work at home and not have that immediate touch point as they're being onboarded and that immediate, um, we call them buddies or mentors, uh, at their fingertips, which you have that luxury in an office to really get that team building and quick onboarding. So measuring and understanding a person's capability to adapt to that type of environment is much harder to assess online for sure. Well, I love the idea of that flying teddy bear. Mark, <laughs> how many of those have you recruited? I imagine you've probably, uh, in your campus recruitment efforts, really had to be pretty adaptive, or have you just given up? <laughs> no, um, we still have demand, uh, so we still are, are going to need to be recruiting. Now, I will say that this fall we've made a decision that we'll be doing all virtual uh, recruiting, so we won't be sending representatives to campus. Uh, as we've done in the past. So the corporate presentations and the coffee chats and the tech talks uh, will all need to be virtual this year. And Pam, turning to you for a moment, uh, you have been uh, along with actually Philips Healthcare, a big supporter of the apprenticeship programs for contrast commercial management in the US. Um, what, um, how do you see that and the apprenticeship concept playing in helping recruitment moving forward? 
Well, I think it's any kind of apprenticeship, but in particular this one where they're getting great experience um, is going to be extremely beneficial. And um, especially I have been finding that there's more opportunities in compliance and contracts related matters right now. Um, so I think getting that experience is gonna open doors. And one of the tricky parts is having them become aware of the employer whoever it might be, that um, that's more difficult because we're not having these in-person um, gatherings where they can find out and meet different employers. So that's going to be interesting um, to see how you, an employer can make themselves stand out, just like the applicant wants to stand out um, when things are being done almost exclu exclusively online or virtually. And Mark, maybe back to you for a moment. How then do you see recruitment processes changing in terms of, you know, how are you going to better evaluate candidates, help them better understand and assess you as an employer? Yeah, we've actually been struggling with that because on a, in an online event, it's very hard to differentiate yourself. A lot of times we differentiate ourselves by taking some of our top, uh, our top leaders to events. And so it's going to be more of a function of, of creating a we, again, this is our estimation, is it'll be a function of creating uh, interesting content for folks that want to come and, and learn about something. So we're currently looking at, uh, we are gonna look at the uh, virtual career fairs, but we're also gonna look at virtual uh, corporate presentations. And then if you think about how it's shifting, it might be shifting more from a, from a school focus, like where you would have an event at ASU, versus now you would do an event for a particular discipline, and then you could invite folks from all over the country for it. So it, we see it being more, more discipline-focused versus school-focused. Margaret, based on what we're seeing, um, there's actually an interesting level of opportunity for people in the contracts commercial management field. If you look on LinkedIn, there are over a hundred thousand open opportunities in that area. Do you, do you think that's going to hold up? Has uh, contracts commercial management risen to the occasion and managed to create incremental respect and opportunity or are we facing a challenging time? No, I think Pam made a great point about the compliance aspects. Uh, we're seeing a huge uh, amount of compliance uh, with uh, FDA regulations, with the new emergency use uh, acts from FDA to extend uh, 510Ks, FDA approvals, that comes with its own set of contracting requirements. Um, what I'm finding is to differentiate a candidate, the um, experience or knowledge of contract lifecycle management, the IT tools, the backbone of supporting a contract, and also the process, the real process of of, of how do you how do you negotiate? How do you get your approvals? How does all that work, whether it's IT or otherwise? Um, a deep knowledge of the process or the business of contract management becomes much more important when you're not in the office and you're at home. You can't just stack up the paper. Um, so that that was a that to me is a real differentiator for sure. And the agility to work around and you have to be much more uh, deliberate in your actions. Um, than you would be if you were in the office and intentional. So reaching out to customers that way, hospitals do not want you in their facilities unless you're an emergency care provider, totally understand, but they still need help and they still need guidance. 
and we help and coach them not just through uh, contracting, but but also what are the regulations? We want to make sure that both partners are fairly treated, that it's a collaborative relationship, and that we are not inadvertently get putting each other in a position that would create risk for either party. So we have to be very careful in those regards and educate each other, quite honestly, because it's it's a whole new world out there. Pam, how effective from the university's point of view have employers been at engaging, partnering with people like you to work together on these very, very different conditions? They've been, they've been wonderful. I think for the most part, employers, um, they recognize that this is a really tough time for people entering the workforce, for people trying to find opportunities. And they've been reaching out and offering help in any way that can. Um, it's choosing what to do with that help and how, again, to get, um, to get these employers in front of the people looking for jobs, um, how, how to do it effectively um, so they can come away with some knowledge. Um, and I was curious about hiring practices. The one thing I keep thinking might reemerge as, um, as a, something to more concentrate on than, at least in the legal world, it hasn't been, is references. I think references have been, they're almost like something you have to do. You throw them out. Some organizations are required to check references, um, but not many actually do. It's almost like a list of names. And if you happen to recognize that name, I think we might go back towards more of a reliance because and getting detailed information since we can't get that personal connection um, necessarily virtually. So I'm going to encourage people, any job, any opportunity you do have, make your best impression because if that person is now called upon, they can perhaps add to whatever the perception of is to an employer and make that decision hopefully a little bit easier. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's a great point, a very good point about the references. Mm. We've certainly been pushing hard for our members to give thought to building their networks. And of course, if you're once working in the virtual world, you can do so much more research, but also potentially find people who you can use to find out more about a potential employer, or perhaps even discover Margaret's best friend online and uh, <laughs> build your influencing skills. So, um, Margaret, if I may back to you, uh, is there an impact, to what extent, you know, is the pandemic and will it have an impact on the nature of the talent or skills you're going to be looking to hire? Um, I do think it will, for sure. Uh, adaptability, agility uh, is certainly key. Uh, we're finding contracts frame the solution that a, for a problem a customer is trying to solve. And we've always focused on that area as Philips. We are uh, driving toward and transforming into a solutions company. That being said, that becomes even more important today. Philips does have telehealth products. We have a wide portfolio of products. And it always amazes me to see how Philips uh, is using their products to apply them to the, to the challenges that healthcare providers are having in ways I never would have thought of. Um, it, very creative. Well, the contract needs to reflect that, needs to reflect the risk. So using the contract and, and developing a collaborative relationship with our customers to help them through their, their business challenges and their product challenges um, is really key. And to do that only online is, is a challenge. Um, communication is big. 
clear, crisp communication. Analytics is big. How do you, how do you, uh, I always uh, call it 20 questions, or I think it's five whys if you're lean. Uh, but one question leads to another, and you've got to keep digging till you get to the real root of the issue before you can do anything with the contract. Hmm. And Mark, I, I, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned the point that you have pushed ahead with the internship program that uh, Phillips runs each year. Um, has that, again, caused you to need to relook at, at how you equip those interns to be effective? And if so, what, what has that meant? Sure. So what we, we made a decision early on that all of our interns would need to be virtual. So as we shifted them to virtual, we had to take a look at what type of equipment they'd be receiving, what type of conditions they would be working in, um, but also how, what type of leadership they would receive. So we've provided training to our managers about virtual leadership. And so far, the response has been very positive. We did a survey of our interns recently, and they had very good feedback about the management and the per, their perception of Phillips at this point in their internship. Um, I would say that overall, the, the equipment has, has been a positive, the, the leadership has been positive, and, and everybody seems to be ex having a very positive experience. Yeah, One thing I'm definitely looking forward to is the uh, IACCM apprenticeship program. Um, very much looking forward to it. it. I feel personally it'll be a big help in onboarding a new, new hires, whether they're from college or perhaps new to contract management and just need some more in-depth. I, I think the program, the way it's set up and the collaboration between business and university is huge. Um, so that is to me a great resource, especially when you can't be in the office and, and really sit next to somebody and talk through issues. Pam, do you see uh, the contracts and commercial management field, does it to your mind represent an attractive option for a law graduate? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's interesting that you asked that because every year, I, I've been in this role now for about eight years, um, and every year there is growing interest in it. And I think people are realizing this isn't some, this isn't a secondary, oh, I didn't get my first job, so I'll take this job. It's really the path that they want to go on now. Um, and it, there's so much room to grow, um, which I think is wonderful. It's also a very um, mobile profession. You know, um, you, you learn it well and you can do it for different organizations in large companies across, across the country, even overseas, obviously. Um, so I think it's a, it's a growing field and um, people are now going to law school with the intention of doing something contracts and compliance related. Um, so yes, I think, it, I think it's a wonderful industry. I think it's a great position for, and again, we're seeing more opportunities. So if you have to find that silver lining, that's one of them that I like to point out <laughs> is that um, I, don't see, I don't see this industry uh, going away. I don't see jobs disappearing in the compliance or contracts world. <laughs> if anything, they're just expanding. Yeah, wonderful. I must actually put you in touch with some of the professors we work with at ASU who aren't in legal. Um, but, uh, <laughs> maybe there'll be some opportunities. <laughs> so, our final question, I guess, is um, perhaps each of you could briefly give some thoughts on this. What um, 
what advice would you have for those who are seeking new opportunities to enter the workforce at this time? Well, what should they actually be doing to make themselves stand out? And uh, Margaret, I guess, as a as one of those employers, um, maybe we can start with you. Sure. Um, what I would say is know your technology. Uh, Zoom certainly is a platform. Philips also uses uh, Teams, which was uh, launched, uh, I don't know if it was intentional or otherwise, but it was launched at the beginning of, of this year. So the team had to learn that. Um, understanding, uh, we use a CCRM tool uh, we happen to use Salesforce, which is one of the bigger platforms. So those IT tools are very important to understand and to know. Um, really know your contract acumen. Um, so your discipline, your, your background in contracting and risk assessment uh, is, is very important. Uh, being able to relay the fact that you're a problem solver and a collaborator, um, sharpening those skills. There's lots of... Um, you know, getting to yes, and, and I know ICCM has a couple modules, but there's also a lot of negotiation classes you can take out there that are very valuable and, and would be, look really good on a resume uh, and would help with, with putting yourself ahead of others. Um, clearly communication. I mean, this, this is the time where communication is key because if you can't communicate and you can't get your point across in an interview, then that's not going to work at all. You can't make it up through a personal walk down a hallway or some other, some other um, forgiving type of a one-on-one -on -one personal event. And um, Mark, any thoughts from you in terms of uh, perhaps the, the broader sort of attributes that uh, candidates will make themselves stand out with? Sure, I think you alluded to it earlier, Tim, in the networking aspect of finding a job is, it rings true for, for graduates as well. Um, we met, we recently met with LinkedIn to talk about live events and, and how to recruit uh, students uh, through LinkedIn. And they indicated that their networks are more active than they've ever been in the history of LinkedIn. And that, that indicates that although people are working from home, they're still actively engaging through these platforms. So if students and graduates can look at ways to interact with, with their network, that's gonna, that's gonna pay big dividends. I think secondly, the school resources, every university uh, has a career services uh, element to it. And we're, we're depending on the career services to help coach us on how to interact with their students. So as we go to career services, they're volunteering to help us uh, reach their students. So if you can already have a connection with your own school, that's, that's going to be um, very positive. And then probably the final thought I would say is just be prepared to interact virtually through a product like Zoom or Google Hangouts or WebEx, because that's going to be the primary um, mechanism. You may never get to visit the campus of the of the employer that you're going to until you actually start there. And Pam, what are you telling your students? Well, uh, I agree with the communication aspect. I mean, I, I just, that is just going to be, it's always been key, but it's even more so now. Um, and they do have to become comfortable talking to a camera, essentially. So we're encouraging them to practice, it, especially people that aren't used to projecting 
you know, when you're in an interview room, you, whoever's interviewing, they are keyed into everything that you're saying. That's what they're there for. It's much harder to do that when we're um, online and we're doing it through a video screen. So people need to learn to speak up if they're soft-spoken. They need to practice how to make sure that they're projecting. If it's a group setting, you know, you, you feel almost bad interrupting or it feels like interrupting when really, if you were in a regular room, you would have spoken up and said something. So I've been telling them to practice, tape yourself, play it back for yourself, see how you appear because there's so many things that can be fixed. Um, and the, the other thing that I think is, would be important to, if you can reflect this on your resume, some, some aspect where you've shown accountability because we're working so much remotely now, because we're not necessarily having our bosses walking by our office and see that we're goofing around versus getting our job done. I think if you can demonstrate that I'm not somebody that has to be um, overseen 24 seven to get my work done. Um, and whether that's, you know, putting that you accomplish this project in this amount of time with little supervision, but I think those things are going to become much more important without the potentially day to day interaction with our supervisors, etc. Yeah, wonderful. So if I could just round that off, I think some of the things that we're hearing and seeing, um, whether or not, uh, whether you're a student or whether you're at a more advanced stage of your career, that um, commitment to continuing personal and professional development is, uh, I think, becoming more and more important. Uh, we've talked on this program about the importance of adaptability and agility, and certainly continuous learning is uh, one source of evidence for that. Um, evidence of curiosity. I think, Margaret, you talked about problem solving. Of course, you can't really solve problems if you're not curious. So uh, I think that's a, a really important attribute. We've talked about the importance of building and maintaining a network and thinking broadly in terms of the people that, uh, from whom you can gather and gain knowledge, but also to whom you can contribute. And uh, I suppose finally on my little list would be the ability to demonstrate the uh, potential to have effectiveness working from home, uh, the ability to talk about how you operate in a disciplined way in your working life to really deliver productivity in that work from home environment, which uh, at least for the foreseeable future looks like it's here to stay. So Margaret, Pam, Mark, thank you so much for spending your time with us and uh, for those insights into this uh, world of COVID-19, both today and future. And uh, we look forward very much to continuing our conversations with you as we move into that future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.